0: Yo, what up? It's May 3rd. I thought it was the 5th, but I just checked my phone. It's the 3rd. May 3rd, 2020. Unbelievable ass shit going on. Can't believe it still hardly. Um Today I actually, before I talk about my guest and call him, um I just found out that there it's going down in Tripoli right now in Tripoli, Lebanon burning banks, 13 banks burned. (laughs) And the worst part is the inflation and everything's fucking expensive, including diapers and formula and food and milk, everything. Um, I really hope this doesn't lead to a famine. I'm going to be praying for my homies out there. And it's very sad and disturbing. Um, Fuck the elite. They stole all the money, all the public funds. They stole it all literally they fucking stole it all um it's wild uh but um all right today's guest is well fuck i guess i should just call him let me just call him first let me get his ass on the phone i opened up safari like oh cool my fucking brain ain't working let's record a podcast how do I call somebody on the phone? <laughs> I could open it up. TikTok and shit. Um, I just honestly can't believe so many people I know have not received any government assistance. I mean, including myself, but I have some two COVID angels that have rained on me. Shout out to you guys. I love you. Two girls, two beautiful, generous women looking out. For another girl, homie, me looking out for me, your homie, me. How do you make a phone call? Okay, <laughs> fucking Matthew, where's your number? I should have set this up before I started recording. Oh, just what the fuck? You know, you know when um it puts it under somebody's last name and it's like, dude looking up people's last name like what do we gotta hard enough keeping track of people's first names all right they put it under the R on my phone why why did they do that all right let's call this dude mobile bro Roadcaster Pro bro yeah let's get this fool on a phone get him on the line Yo. Yo, Matthew, on the line.
1: How's it
2: going?
0: I don't know. How are you?
2: (laughs) I'm all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saving uh, Animal Crossing.
0: You're on Animal Crossing? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, what is that? Because I see everybody doing it.
2: It's like, uh, it's basically like you remember the Sims, like from back in the day. Oh
0: yeah, fucking loved that shit. It's, it's on like the computer. that. SimCity 2000. That was my yeah. Thing.
2: Totally. I I mean, and it's the same. It's the same same idea. Um, it's just like with Nintendo cuteness to it, but um. Oh, is it on the yeah, Switch? Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's why I can't play it. I don't got one. I'm gonna steal my sister's.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's worth it, especially right now. But it's kind of, I don't know, it's one of those games where you have to, like, you don't have to, but, like, you, it, like, uh, passively, aggressively, like, punishes you for not playing every day.
0: What? That
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: sounds scary.
2: Yeah, it's a little scary for sure, because you live with these weird animals, and, like, yeah, it's totally passive-aggressive. Like, they don't ever really say that they're displeased with you but they'll like threaten to move off your island and shit oh my god yeah
3: wow (laughs) yeah
2: yeah Yeah, you have to keep them happy through uh traditional capitalist endeavors like buying them presents and sending them gifts and whatnot
0: wow this is wild i i used to play this like (laughs) weed farm video game on my phone like for two years it was like a bad addiction. I finally stopped last year, and now I'm like, I don't know if I have the self-control with video games. Like, I just have to not do it, you know?
2: No, totally. Um, I think especially right now, it's hard to, I know a lot of people that are having that that problem. Like, with anything, really, like any any type of, like, escapist technology right now, it's hard yeah. to, hard to know where the line is.
0: Yeah, I just keep escaping in the fucked up reality. And I'm like, wait a second. This isn't how escaping is supposed to work. (laughs) I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) I'm like, uh.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, all right. So, Matthew Rothner on the line again. We're trying round two because I fucked up and I was stoned twice. I smoked while we were recording (laughs) also last time. And it was like three hours and, uh. Honestly, I was just too stoned. Um, yeah,
1: it happened.
0: Yeah, but me and Matt met on the gram, and we become friends in real life, and he is an amazing artist, a teacher, a skater, a writer, and a connoisseur of comics and records, and just all-around smart, interesting person, which is why I asked him to be on the show. Um, so this time... <laughs> I wrote some questions <laughs> down ahead of time, <laughs> which I didn't do before because we were just talking, <laughs> which now I'm like, I can't believe I did thought that. I don't know what I thought. I honestly don't know what I thought. So are you still teaching in the choir? Uh,
2: say that one more time. Sorry. Are,
0: oh, sorry. Are you still teaching in the quarantine?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, things have changed considerably. I mean, I think everybody, uh, or I mean, anybody's paying attention, I guess, to education at the moment, has probably like seen a little bit how, I mean, there are, everybody's aware that schools are closed right now. Um, and, you know, I can only really speak to my experience. I mean, although I know, you know, other educators all over the country and in other countries as well, but, um, I know for me, yeah, I'm still teaching um and yeah it's been it's been a really weird experience uh for a lot of different reasons but yeah but yeah, no it's fully like um i mean to to be kind of technical i guess about it like i I still work like the same amount of hours as i would um you know if I was going to school like i'm I'm oh my supposed God. To be available during those hours. But yeah, but I'm at home, which is, is weird. It's a lot of Zoom meetings. Are
0: which, you? On, um, wow. Wait, are you on Zoom like all day?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like um, all, all day
1: long.
0: Okay. I have a question. Was there like a plan yeah. ready for this or did you guys have to just kind of figure this out like right away?
2: Um, or was no, there like no, gui- there, I, was I there mean,
0: guidance? Like, okay, we're doing the, this is what we're doing now. And
2: So now there is, um, but like in the very beginning when everything happened, um, I think our last day of school was March 13th. Um, and then like very quickly after that, like everything closed. And I think the governor of, uh, of the state that I, I live in, um, you know, did the the shelter in place thing. Yeah. And, um. For the first, I don't know, like, in it Seattle. feels like a month. you in Seattle,
0: right? Sorry, I just want
2: to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Seattle.
2: Um, and it, it feels feels like it was a month, basically, from like the 13th. It, it was. It was like about four weeks. Um, and during that time, like, to answer your question, there there was no plan. Um, I mean, it, it, that, that's how it felt to me. um, yeah. And I feel like it would be hard hard for anybody to argue otherwise i mean there was a lot of good intention uh last minute scrambling but like in terms of like what do we do as schools close um it seemed to be a completely like novel idea to everybody um all the way from like you know the people that i work with to the state level
0: yeah okay that's kind of what I thought, but then I was like, I don't know. That's kind of relieving, honestly, because it I it would be really creepy. I think if it was a if it was it was was like um, seamless transition, you know, right? Then that means that yeah, more people were in on the bigger plan or whatever. Um, totally. I don't know why that's relieving to me. I guess <laughs> that's that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, though, you I know, mean- like because that would be so creepy. You know, if it was like oh look yeah we're just gonna do this now and it's all laid out
2: yeah no totally i i agree with you um and and you're right and 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 it was um it's interesting now to think back because i didn't at the time i didn't have that perspective at the time i was like sort of like in disbelief that there was no no thought at all about like what if what if schools cannot be open um it was frustrating I, I you know to be honest in the beginning but you're you're right though um, you know and
0: i mean that's a big deal school has,
2: yeah, this hasn't definitely. something
0: like this hasn't happened since like world war 1 where like everything's canceled basically
2: yeah literally everything and i feel like schools usually um, it's interesting like during the time. like schools generally don't schools will keep moving no matter what, you know, like, it's almost like, um, I know, and I think that that's sort of like what we were just talking about, like why, why nobody had any plan at all, because, um, it's just an assumption that like, regardless of what happens, uh, you know, students will be continued to be taught and learning will continue.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and then like going back to your, your question, your, uh, I think it was a previous question that, um, so, like, about two weeks ago, um, they did come out with, like, a formal plan of, like, what exactly we're supposed to be doing, how, and why, and when. Um, and, you know, it's predictable. Like, I, I think kind of like you said, like, they had no idea. I think it would be hard to even pretend that they had an idea of what to do or what was coming. uh yeah. But now they're kind of retroactively going back and saying like, Oh yeah, no no we, we we knew what we were doing. Um at that time, you know, we just weren't ready to roll it out to the public. Um which oh, which just I mean like that kind of feels like bullshit to be honest. Yeah, but and, like, um like why
0: pretend? Like we we all nobody really thought it was gonna be this hardcore, you know, the response.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, in the beginning, um you're you're right and and it's interesting because i didn't i didn't look at it that way and i haven't really thought about it until right now but in the beginning it felt much more human like everybody was kind of working together to figure out like it, it was interesting because people started thinking about we because there was no framework we had to think like what is it that we actually do like what 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 do we do and how how can we possibly um and I, I teach special education too with, with young students for the most part. Um, so it's it's hard. Like it's it, it took a lot of of just human to human problem solving, um, which yeah. which was nice. I I kind of appreciated that and it felt it felt normal and it felt kinda of comforting, like you said. Um, well it was like an now... opportunity
0: where the rigidity of like the normal structure of school was kind of like it was up to you guys again you know because there's so right times where you actually have control uh as a teacher you know over how your classes you know what i mean like the there's some stuff you have control over but then there's all these like rules that aren't up to you you know exactly
2: yeah and And uh i assume totally and and for me, it's always a little bit more loose in that, that area just because my students are um, – because, because of the students that I teach, I, I have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to things like curriculum and common core standards. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point that, that because there was no framework, because there was no procedure, no pr- protocol – um We all really ha- we just did the best that we could, and we kind of, in a way, like we didn't make anything up, but we kind of went back to the drawing board and and thought, like in a more fundamental way, like what what is it that we, what do we do for the students for that eight and a half hours that they are at school? Um, Wait, eight and a half And then try to hours? figure out. Yeah. That's a long that's day. That's
0: longer than work.
2: Yeah, for sure.
3: Wow,
2: um, it's it's cynical. Like I I don't know. I always get I always feel like I feel weird when people say this, but it is true. Uh, like we spend way more time with uh, with our students than their parents do. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's the part of the day too.
1: The, yeah, the day definitely.
0: Um, can you? Do you think the pandemic can be used as an opportunity to rewrite the school system or do you, like when sh- stuff gets reopened or do you think that it'll just bring more um, government control?
2: It's, that's a really good question um, and something that I've been thinking about a lot uh, and generally with other teachers that I've talked to, it, it, it seems like um, people are starting to think about that because i think we're getting we're getting farther and farther along we're getting closer to summer and i think that people are starting to realize that fall um i think for a long time i I mean a long time everything's so relative right now but uh for a while like people thought fall was like free and clear you know like we'd be back to whatever you know quote-unquote normal uh is or was or whatever whatever I, mean, I think, think a, that is Uh um, yeah i
3: think a
0: lot of people only thought we'd be on lockdown for two weeks so yeah like when when we, exactly when it started getting um, whispered in our ears like this was gonna last until like july or september or october it was like or forever you know you're like wait what the fuck yeah. is going on <laughs> like oh shit it's the agenda
2: but yeah exactly. Sorry not um, to
0: derail it <laughs> to, no to... no no
2: no um I think that's a good point um, and I think that 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 kind of like what you just explained sort of created this like almost like temporary psychosis where like people people had a really hard time making decisions because of what you were just explaining because they they had no they were looking for the light at the end of the tunnel and the light at the end of the tunnel kept stretching like metaphorically backwards. And you know, they, they lost sight of what, where they were going. Um, yeah. and I think that that was disorienting for a lot of people, but well, at you, the same time, sorry,
0: no, no, I'll tell, I, I, I wrote it down. So I'll, I'll ask you okay. after. Sorry. <laughs>
2: um, But at the same time, like, like your question, I think is, is a really good question. And I think that people, I hope that people are thinking about it because um, everything that we're doing right now, um, although a lot of it is, is, it's the best that we can do. um, But there, there are good things about it and then there are things that make me really concerned. Um, And I guess the good thing about it is that you know that we're seeing um, that we we have the ability to to you know utilize distance learning better than we thought that we did, yeah um but at the same time that we we know like um as educators that distance learning is not effective. Um, I mean, it it it's possible, like learning through distance learning. Um, it's and similar learning, to learning I, on the
0: TV. Like it doesn't. Yeah, you need the response. It doesn't you, stick. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so it's a good thing, and, and I mean, I think like usually in my my career as an educator, the the like benefits that I've heard for distance learning um, are the same as like any anything that's supported by technology would be it's convenient it's always there um it's easy for people to use for the most part if they're like computer literate um and you know the student can access it anytime that they want Uh, and you know i mean like relatively right now like you know while we're sheltered in place like that's a that's a good thing because um the kids are off their schedule they're you know they're a lot of the times with parents work working from home and doing their best um, but uh, one of my concerns and um, nobody really wants to talk about this at this point is that I think that there's like a very um, there's there's a really important distinction between giving parents support during this time and and helping them. uh you know continue to have their child develop and grow but um not not teaching parents to homeschool because we don't i i I think that's dangerous for a few different reasons um but mainly because like what happens or
0: not teaching them no not
2: necessarily um but I think, like, like what you were saying, like when we return, like when things, quote unquote, you know, go back to normal or whatever that's going to look like. Yeah. Um, if we if we go under like the assumption that we are teaching parents to homeschool right now, um, why, you know, a lot of them, I could, I could see if I were them, kind of thinking like, okay, well, I, you know, it's safer for me to teach my child from home. Um, why would I not do that? um, you know, if I, if I have spent this last, you know, whatever quarantine these last few months learning how to teach my child, why, why would I, you know, bring them back to school? Um, and I think some of it is like, so, I mean, a huge part of it is social interaction that, that, you know, you don't get the same social interaction at home, but at the same time, For me personally, the most important thing, um, and sorry, I know I'm kind of going on and on right here, but uh, the most important thing is that I don't want parents to feel like they need to learn how to be teachers right now so that they're not overwhelmed. They have enough going on, I think, for the most part. Um, And that also that when when schools are back open again, um, hopefully we can... We can do something better um, and I think right now what I'm seeing in that way is that collaboration between parents and teachers has, um, has become stronger during this time, really just because it, it has to.
0: Right, so you're getting, are you getting to know some of the parents more?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, And some of them I knew for a while, like the students in my classroom, I have for several years, so I get to know their parents pretty well, but um, really like, and this is kind of like what I was just talking about, like I'm working with parents. Um, So like in, in my classroom, everything that we do is driven by data. Um, You know, we take data on the students' behavior, um, on their academic progress. Uh, on on so many things uh, throughout their school day and that's kind of what we're teaching parents to do which is not teaching them to be teachers but it's teaching them I guess how to look at what their child is doing in an objective way that can be measured does that make sense
0: yeah how are what are those objective ways what are some of them
2: so, like, usually the things that we're looking for, it's its really not that hard. And I think that, like, like you were saying, this is something that could, we could all really benefit from is that, um, generally when we're looking at students, we're looking at things like frequency, like how often does this thing happen, whether it's good or bad. Um, I'll give you an example in a second. Um, like, how intense it is, what is the magnitude of what's going on, um, what is the duration? Like, um, you know, if we're expecting a child to be reading for a certain amount of time, like how long are they reading for? Um, you know, how many times do they get up to, to move around? Um, out of what they read, how much can they retell you? You know, all these little, little, um, data points basically. So, um, a lot of what I'm doing right now really, and especially the past week since they've kind of rolled out this this plan is um, working with parents. uh, And like, yeah, I hesitate to use the word teaching because like, I just, I don't like the idea of parents being um, mandated to teach or to learn to teach. But um, it's uh, at least in my experience, it's been more collaborative. Um, So like I'll, I'll provide them with uh, examples of like what data would look like and how to collect it. And that would be something that would be really beneficial going forward because um, I, you know, again, this is my experience, but there always, there's always a big divide between home and school. Um, like, I mean, I guess like the best way I can explain it is, uh, and I know like, we've talked about this before, like, um, if you can, like, remember when you were a student, um, yeah, like, think back to being a student, and, um, their school and home were, like, two different planets, you know, like, you, you behave differently at home, you spoke differently at home, at school, you, like, put on this different, persona kind of yeah. like your school persona and, and we teach that like, there's
0: even levels to that cuz you put on a different persona if there's like a substitute teacher
2: Mhm totally and then as you get older like it changes like you know there there may be some teachers that you uh perform really well for you know and you for whatever reason um you know you have some connection with them and they or or they just provide instruction in a way that like clicks for you Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, but um, sorry, I kind of lost my thought.
0: It's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I want to actually ask you. I want to bring it back to when you, when did you first start working in special education?
2: Uh, I started. Really, like, um, by accident, kind of, uh, I worked for this, uh, after school program that was like really centered around students with developmental disabilities. Um, and it was just, it was at the elementary school that I went to, which at the time I was in high school and I lived like, I think about a mile away. Um, and I was just looking for jobs and, how and uh, they, I was, i was 15 um and so they they kind of just hired me as like a like camp counselor you know like i didn't have any type of qualifications i was basically just like a body, like an adult or not even an adult i was 15 um not even close to an adult but uh i mean i guess mature enough to maintain the the like health of you know groups of children
0: yeah i mean i started um, nannying when i was 13 so it's like you reach a certain yeah. age where you're like okay i could like you know if somebody needs to make mac and cheese i got it you know <laughs> but i mean i'm exactly. sure it's different for you but it's the same kind of just like stuff where it's like yeah you can handle it
2: yeah no and it, and it was it was totally exactly what you just explained i mean like it was making you know mashed potatoes for a snack and like um why you was know, that? Just, mashed just potatoes everything. for a
3: snack? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, we used to make like that's uh dope. The like powdered mashed potatoes there Oh yeah, dope. the kind um, that come in a
0: box. Yeah. Well, that's good though yeah, when you're hungry and, at school, man. Anything tastes so much no, better. No,
2: totally. And like I would be lying to you if I if I said that I didn't like eat the food there. Um cuz I was young and yeah. free food. Um but uh but yeah, so that's where I started. I and and that's really where I like I didn't know what autism spectrum disorder was at that point. I didn't really know what down to I, I didn't know anything. Um I just uh I really just needed a job. Um yeah. and through working there the the woman who owned it and I didn't find this out till way later, but it I mean it all made sense and in, in hindsight but the woman who owned it had this policy and she went out of business eventually because of this policy but um I don't know it's kind of cool like she she would not turn away any child based on their disability like so we had like all wow. different types of kids um and and different from like what I'm doing now like I had no information about like what is their diagnosis like what you know, like, do they have dietary restrictions? Like, what are, you know, what are their triggers? Like, what are, you know, their preferred activities? Like, I had no idea. Um, so it was really just problem solving, like, the entire time I was there. And and one is one skill that I think, like, I kind of identified at that point that, that helped me throughout the whole thing is um, realizing that a lot of the time people with developmental dif- developmental disabilities have communication delays and uh so you kind of have to learn or this this is how I felt is that like you kind of have to learn how each of them they all communicate differently so you kind of have to learn their language and then figure out um Figure out how to speak their language, and then once you can do that, just like anybody, like they start to be more responsive. Um, so I got that kind of basic pattern down—not down—but um, I, I kind of saw like, oh, this is really important. Um, yeah. It's important that I learn how to communicate, and I think more than anything, like how to communicate respect.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that's the first. I think that's the first thing any teacher should try to communicate to their students, yeah, definitely. you know, that they respect them, because then that'll just automatically, the students will have an easier yeah, time respecting, absolutely. you know, that's how respect works. And that's,
2: um, and it's, it's weird, like, again, like, you know, think back, like, to when you were a student, um, I mean, I know for me, like, I had so many teachers that I felt like, uh, not only didn't respect me, but, like, almost kind of like barely looked at me as I was human, you know, like it was like, yeah, it was
0: almost like they um, hated children or something.
2: Yeah, no, totally. Like, uh, yeah. You know, like even as a kid, you were sitting there wondering like, do you like hate, like, how did you uh, get this job? Like if (laughs) if you hate children, like what, like what are you doing? Like, Yeah. And then you would
0: also think like they must not be that smart because they're trying to demand respect when that's like, even a child knows that's not how it works, you know?
2: Exactly. Um and it's weird and and you still see that. Like I wish I could tell you right now that like that's a thing of the past. And like, you know, anywhere you go in school you'll see respect amongst teachers and students, but that's not true. Um Yeah. And and that's kind of a bummer, but I mean I guess that's I don't know, it just it is what it is, but but what's interesting about that is that like you are taught, um, I mean I after just to give like a little bit of back backstory of like what happened after that. After is that, it, does that work? Is that all right? yeah, Sorry, yeah. I didn't yeah. After what? no, ahead. no, no.
0: Jump ahead, but after what? Because I don't remember.
2: Um, so after working at the, uh, yes. the the like you know after school program. Yeah, uh, it was basically like a daycare. Um, but after that, I uh, went. I moved to San Francisco um studied some different things and really like didn't know what I was doing I was in San Francisco to get my bachelor's degree and kind of like I think like a lot of people going through the motions and not really knowing why um yeah and like just like when I was younger I you know I needed a job like I I needed I needed some way to have money um and so I figured like okay you know I've done this I've done this before, um, you know, I could work with students again, um, so I did, I found, uh, found a couple different agencies, some in Oakland, some in San Francisco, that uh, were mostly what is called ABA therapy, um, what and what does then that
0: stand for, a- ABA? ABA
2: therapy, yeah, it stands for, um, man, it's been a long time, um, <laughs> I might have to look that up, actually. I totally, I'm blanking right now. I cannot remember what ABA therapy stands for. I could explain it to you, though. Oh,
0: no, that's what I want. Yeah, just explain it.
2: So um, ABA therapy, it's also called discrete trial in some instances. Uh, Basically, what ABA therapy is, is kind of like what we were talking about again, like deriving data from the performance of students uh but a lot of the time and what i liked about aba is that you were in the house in the home or you would go with the students to school and then to home so it's kind of this like seamless transition and
0: like you would really like them
2: broken home down
0: and drop them off or yeah take I'll, them home and then like a lot there. of the
2: time um sometimes like mo- most of the time what would happen is um they wanted you in certain cases they wanted you to work with the student on skills in school and out of school so like I would work with a kid in school and then they would give me like a half hour lunch break and I would you know grab some food and like jump on a bus and then meet that kid at their house um they were always really weird about like I think understandably about having us drive with the kids or like even take the bus. Like they're kind of like, you know, that's for the parents, but,
3: um,
2: but then we would work on all types of different stuff. A lot of socialization, um, a lot of, and and ABA therapy really broken down into its most basic components is just kind of like uh, just a very simple pattern. Um, Like, for instance, like you, if I wanted a kid to ask for a cookie, you know, I would have the kid sit down and I would have the cookie and and we're going on the assumption the kid has a communication delay. Um, and I would have, you know, like the cookie either in, in eyeshot of the kid or like a picture of the cookie. And, uh, I would be looking for a, um, a, a, Sort of like predetermined, um, I guess, like response. Uh, so the so I'm look I'm, I want the kid to ask for a cookie. Like that's that's what I want. I have cookies um, when the kid asks in the appropriate way. So like, let's say the kid just says cookie. Um, it depends, you know, totally on the kid and what they're doing. But like,
0: right, that could be like a cookie groundbreaking. Cookie
2: cookie. Yeah, or cookie. yes, totally. Or you'd be looking for something like, I want a cookie, please. And then you'd be like, Oh, okay, I hear you. You want a cookie. Here, here's a cookie. And then the idea of it, that's not the best example, but um, the idea of ABA therapy and discrete trial is that it's very fast. And a lot of the time, there's this term that is kind of synonymous with it called ABA maybe and basically what wait Could you say that again because like...
0: it it kind of cut out sorry
2: yeah sorry about that um so uh with with discrete trial and 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 i guess it's just a one-on-one instruction to thing in general but um there's this idea of errorless learning and and basically what that means is it doesn't mean what it sounds like that of course i mean we all kind of know that you learn through making errors that that's that's how you learn yeah but the idea of errorless learning is that students learn um and get correction but they get correction in a way which supports them rather than makes them feel bad or like uh stupid you yeah. know like they're you're you're teaching but you're leaving out the like humiliation basically right.
0: that would be great if that was the norm for every.
3: Class.
2: yeah totally and um that's a really good point because like we could i mean everybody argues that there's no money um and I, you know that's that's a that's a whole nother you know worm but at the same time if we could give students more one-on-one time with adults we could do a lot more of that with a lot more students but um and we know i mean there there's there's plenty of uh, research that suggests there's meta-analyses on meta-analyses that tells us that that is effective, that errorless learning um, and discrete trial are, are effective and that they work. Um, I mean, and you can even kind of hear, like, how, how it would work, you know? Yeah. Um, I have
3: a
0: question. This is a um, little bit in a different... Yeah. Zone, but have you seen an increase in class sizes over the past 15 years?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, and I've seen an increase in class sizes in my own class. Um, it's, it's slowly, slowly risen over time. Um, I mean, and again, like, I guess it's, it's relative to how you're looking at things. Um, in the in the amount of time that i guess we've known about autism spectrum diagnosis uh it has it, it, it's increased at a pace that you can almost see it in the classroom which is um i don't know i to me like that usually you can't see things like that in the classroom you know it's, it's such a gradual slow thing that it happens over time and then you kind of look back and you're like oh yeah wow you know I I used to have whatever you know this many students with this disability and um you know now I have a lot more and that's kind of weird but like you could you could see it like you could see it happen and I think that you still can the numbers are are growing um in a big way and they always have been um they've They've really been kind of, like, exponentiating as time has gone on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, my class has gotten a lot bigger. And I think class sizes, in general, are larger. I think that that's the same for general education, too.
0: Yeah. And have the – in general education, and I forgot what the abbreviation is, but they're uh, – what's it called when it's, like um, – I fuck, I don't, I don't remember what it's called, but it's, like, specialized – flat learning like um, do you know what i'm talking about it's like where people are are not in special ed like students aren't in special ed but they still need um kind of a special curriculum yeah yeah what
2: accommodations is, oh specially designed instruction
0: is that what it is as specially yeah, designed instruction.
2: sdi 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 yeah
0: has that um
2: yeah so SDI is um, it's it's what we were just saying, specially designed instruction, and what that means is that um, without it, it, it's kind of boring. But um, basically, to to qualify for special education, um, any student there there's a pretty rigorous process that that happens, um, and it takes a lot of time. But uh the end Wait, goal really? is it takes that a you kinda of,
0: it's not like
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not to qualify for take, special
1: education. Um, yeah, to qual- to qualify as special education.
0: It's not like obvious or
2: it you you would think that. Um yeah, definitely. That that would make sense. Um but the reason I think that it takes time is because what they're What they're doing is they're taking data again. They evaluate the student, um, and then they take take data from their evaluation. They take data that they that's already existed from things that they've already the students already been doing, and then they figure out where where the student's greatest uh, need for support, and um, and then they kind of in a way like custom tailor learning to that student. Um and that's what specially designed instruction is. It's where um like say that you're trying to teach letter sounds to a student who um you know has a communication or language delay, you wouldn't hold them to the same expectations as you would a student uh that's, you know, developing hitting um hitting mile markers, developmental mile markers, like they are, uh, I, I don't like this term, but I, I think, I think at this time it's the most accepted term that they're, uh, neurologically typical. Um, that's like mm-hmm. what you would refer to, or, or that's what people, the term that people use to refer to students who are developing quote unquote, as they should be.
0: Wow. And how to yeah. How does a teacher with like 30 kids in the class and like 10 kids that have you know SDI how does that work
2: so that's that's um it It, barely does it sounds Um, very different from when
0: we were in school
2: yeah everything absolutely it it is like
0: I don't remember anybody giving a fuck if I wasn't developed like it was like oh well then you failed so fuck off you know deal with it absolutely go have fun being and that
2: um yeah, no, totally. Um and and that still exists to be honest with you. And and yeah. part of that that's partly why I I chose to do special education because um that that's a really it's almost I would say like a uh like a cornerstone of special education is that if your students are not learning, um you have done something wrong. You you either haven't taught it the right way or you haven't taught it enough or um, something is wrong there's some variable
0: wait in special ed it's on you but then in the quote-unquote like regular class or whatever it's not on the teachers
1: yep I feel like it should be
0: (laughs) switched that's very strange to me that's wild yeah
2: I think I, I agree with you I think that is wild um it seems it's it's one of those like just bizarre things where it's like why um, I mean and and I I never looked at that as a burden I I think like well you're not, the adult the, so you know, it's like, like
0: yeah you're not you're not gonna want to be like putting it on the kids like it's their fault and they're the ones exactly that failed. yeah yeah that's <laughs> like the I think that's the honorable approach adults should take you know like oh I failed right. I'm sorry let me learn yeah. how to teach you better
2: you know. Exactly. And then, you know, it it gives you the opportunity, um, uh, especially in those circumstances, like you just talked about, it gives you the opportunity to, um, like quote unquote, like learn together with the student, which is another really effective way of, uh, getting a student to learn and to, to avoid those feelings of, uh, being a failure or incapable. Um, when you're learning together they a lot of the time the idea is that you kind of go about it like I don't you know I don't know my letter sounds either um so you know you're you're going to help me and we're going to help each other and um we're going to learn our letter sounds together yeah Yeah, so that's that's yeah and that's it's interesting because I think that that's kind of like an example that that doesn't... It does happen in general education. I, I would be lying if I said it didn't, but it's definitely way more common uh, with special education.
0: And um, do you think the drugs given to children with special needs um serve the children that they're given to? Do you see like...
1: Like do you help think it them is, be yeah. better students?
0: Or or help them be comfortable with people comfortable in their own body or just help them with life in general like do you see it those drugs like actually aiding them
2: not i mean and and this again you know this is totally my experience um and i don't know to be honest with you i don't know how much data there is out there there there, there may be good data on it and i'm just not aware of it but um I, I don't, I don't know. Um, that's a good, good question. Do you see, do you have um, any students
0: that, like, you worked with before they were put on drugs and after?
1: Yeah, definitely. In those yeah. cases,
0: um, like, did you I, see it help them or cause other problems? No,
2: no. And in, in my opinion, I never, I never saw medication, I mean, like, like, I guess the best way I can explain it is, is an example. And this is a hypothetical example. This is not, not a real child. But, um, let's just say, for example, uh, like a student engaged in repetitive self injurious behaviors, like banging their head against the wall.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and that can, that can get really bad because, like, a lot of the time they, they really have a hard time Especially with self injurious behaviors because it fulfills a sensory need, which is yeah. um that's another can of worms. But uh
0: Well from what I but understand it fulfills
2: sensory need
0: with having like extreme sensory issues myself, it's like you're trying to you're distracting from the or, the original pain by creating a different pain so that you yes. don't feel the thing that you don't have control over.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh,
0: that makes me so sad so, that so many children are experiencing that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it's.
3: it's Do you yeah, see drugs help is, with is
2: that? Sad.
0: Though is that that? Sorry, I kind of like interrupted
2: you. So yeah, no, 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 totally. Um, I think in in very severe situations like that, where I had a student. Uh, Again, this is hypothetical, but like say I had a student who is, you know, exactly we were just saying hurting themselves Um, and they were put on medication and they stopped hurting themselves. That's that's where it gets really, I think, ethically and morally gray and confusing because, yeah, now, I mean, it's absolutely like we can all agree. Like, I don't think you or I would have any disagreement that it is good. That a, a child has stopped banging their head to the point where they may, um, you know, give themselves brain damage. That's a good thing. We, you know, we don't want a kid, yeah, uh, banging their head to the point where they damage their brain. That would be that'd be bad. But um, at the same time, still, well, it doesn't. You have treat to take into account. Say again.
0: I don't think the drugs treat the cause.
2: No, no. And, and there are so many other, just like, I mean, just like adults, like, uh, or, you know, medication in general, the side effects are so severe that, you know, you can, you can kind of taper off this, this, you know, self-destructive behavior, but then um, it's almost like you, you focus so intently on that goal of uh, having them stop that thing that you kind of overlook everything else for the moment. And then once they're on medication, some of the things that you could do before uh, are not not available anymore. Like, like it's almost like the student has, has changed. I mean, they have yeah. changed a lot of the time. Right. A lot of the time, the medication they're taking literally changes their brain chemistry.
0: Right, so while it would be a good thing that they aren't being violent towards themselves, what is it? What's the like take, what's the trade off?
2: Right. And I think, I mean, and, and this is just my experience and, and, uh, but there, there, I, I think that there's always, there's always a lot of ways. I think the most effective way, and, and this is fully my opinion, um, but cognitive behavioral therapy, I think a lot of the time that that's always my first go to is like why you know before we jump to medication, let's try let's try enough enough cognitive behavioral therapy that we're that that I, I don't know that that we're really using medication as a last case scenario because it, it I you know I believe it really should be
0: yeah and with cognitive therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, that's what it is. Do you see that yeah. ever being used along with like a diet change? Is that ever
2: i I think seen that? that would be huge um, and I th- a lot of my students have eating issues um a lot of them. And it's interesting to me, I, I think it's something, it's it's been researched a lot, like, uh, with autism spectrum, um, different dietary things that support their, um, really, like, you know, them as human beings, but... Um,
0: yeah, the nervous system, it, especially, I feel.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, and, and it's just scary, man. I mean, it's like... I, you know, in all honesty, like, the drugs that they generally, I mean, it it would be the same for an adult as it would be for a kid, like, um, you, or, or I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you had an adult that was banging their head against the wall to the point where they may get brain damage, you would use the same drugs on a child. Um, And then that, that, that's what makes me really uh, nervous about that, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're also making a choice for a child that could lead yeah. them down a road Big that is choice. very hard to reverse.
1: Yeah, exactly. Somebody um, just DM me on and- Twitter
0: telling me that they have were on Adderall when they were 13. Like they were put on Adderall at 13, and now they and they can't get off as an adult. And that that kind right. of shit just like really you know, cause I tried Adderall as an adult for the first time and I felt normal for the first time in my life. But then the come down was so horrible, like worse than any drug come down ever, you know? And I've tried that like nineties ecstasy where it probably has meth in it, you know, where you're like yeah. really having a harsh fucking come down the next day. <laughs> um, like I did that one time and the Adderall was like a million times worse. Like I had a full on meltdown, like it was really bad and to the point where i was like well there goes feeling normal like i would rather never feel like you know that like glimpse of sanity i had wasn't worth the come down and i can't imagine having to experience that as like a kid right you know and and, and then people say kid, oh it's because you didn't you need to take your meds and it's like no actually like i've never had a meltdown like that before i was on meds so
2: exactly and How and as can a they kid say that? Right. Is that, that, that I think, is the, the most important question, is that they don't have the ability. Um, I mean, a lot of them are so young. And then again, they have communication delays. But um, they don't, you know, in any second grader, like, let's pull, you know, second grade, um, any second grader, like, they can barely explain to you that they're sick. You know, like they could they yeah. could have like straight up the flu, you know, and mm. they have a hard time explaining that they're sick. Like, that. you know, like I have, a, you know, a second grader is not going to come to you usually and say, I, you know, I think I have a fever. I may have the flu or a cold. Um, you know, they have a hard time really like understanding what their bodies even do or are um, in a kind of like general sense. So they don't have the language to explain exactly what you were just saying. Like, no, no, I, I, I I know what this medication does. Um, It's not worth it to me. Uh, The way that it makes me feel is not, you you know, the normal, like you were talking about that I, that the student gets may not, they may be totally like cognizant of the fact that they don't like the cycle of it. Like you were explaining, they don't like that, that, come down um and you see that like i i see that i've seen that in students before um where their medication wears off and they they are miserable um and that uh i think like that's hard for anybody to watch really um that yeah, is and it's hard to see it's you know it's hard to see a kid go through what you explain like basically coming down uh from a drug and like they're at school you know like it's like oh
0: no i can't um, imagine i mean i already had meltdowns at school on my own like i didn't need a drug calm down meltdown you know
1: right yeah totally yeah that would have been um, horrible
0: like i was it was bad you know like
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah exactly um mm-hmm. yeah you don't need yeah Do you feel full, like we're moving away from that time.
0: Do you feel like we're moving away from that and parents are starting to realize that might not be the best way and that that isn't addressing the underlying issue of, you know, it's, yeah. from what I've learned and from you what know, I've experienced myself, it's physical injury, you know, on a microscope, on like a nano micro level, it could be right. heavy metals that got into the wrong part of your brain or whatever, like depending on where they land in your brain is how you're affected and so always kind of is frustrating to me where I'm like, it's not mental illness or it's not mentally challenged. It's like our minds work fine. Like just expressing it or the physical functions aren't working. It's not lining up, you know? Right. And I yeah. would just love to see the actual issue being addressed and like real healing taking place or really assisting their bodies instead of, you know, uh, trying to fix it, the, or just trying to like, um, what, what all of allopathic medicine does for the most part, which is just like treat the symptoms.
2: Yeah, exactly. It, it only treats the symptoms and, um, that's a really hard thing.
0: Are you seeing a
2: kid to wrap their brain around?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's taken me like a lifetime figuring it out or not a lie. I mean, I guess I'm not like a hundred yet or whatever, or who knows shit. I may not even make it that. That's a long time. That's like a full life, but you <laughs> know, I mean, I'm 35, I'm almost 36. It's taken me a long time to kind of like even figure that out. So yeah, I know when you're a kid, yeah. it's like really challenging. Um, especially if you have two feet in that door. Like I only had a toe dipped in where I had like some neurological issues that I still have, but like, that was only a toe the rest of my toes are like you know I could explain it exactly but adults even when you can explain it exactly what you're experiencing adults still look at you like you're crazy and you're just like god damn it
2: <laughs> so and and like I just I have a question for you yeah is that is that yeah, cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so when you when you had because uh, like that's very common with a lot of uh, I think a, I think way more students than we even know yeah. but um did anybody explain that to you when you were a kid? Like, hey, you know, the reason that you feel this way is because, you know, you're more sensitive to, um, you know, certain sounds. Like, was there any explanation?
0: No, only coming from me. I mean, I would explain it to adults very clearly. Like, when I hear a specific sound, I experience extreme pain, not discomfort, like pain. Like, and pain, I, pain yeah. Physical pain, you know, when I hear very specific sounds, like sniffling is one which you can't escape in a classroom. Like a classroom for me is like, or any quote-unquote quiet place is with, full of people is like a fucking torture chamber because there is no such thing as silence. And it's not a, the level of the sound, you know? Like I like loud music because that's closer to silence than silence. You know what I mean? Silence doesn't fucking exist. You'll just start hearing your insides, you know? And a classroom yeah. is full of so many sounds and so many human sounds and sniffling sounds that, like, I register as pain. <laughs> so, you know, it was I would try to explain it to my teachers, and some of them would let me wear headphones during, like, a test or something. Um, I would listen to, like, mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine. Something, like, really loud and aggressive, you know, would help me concentrate because it would drown out the sounds. Like, earplugs didn't work. That's good, They yeah. would just make it fainter, which is oftentimes more painful. <laughs>
1: Oh, not good. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then I would also do this thing where I had a notebook where I would, um, I would write like the same word over and over and over again, like a hundred times. Like I would just fill one word on a whole page to try to put myself into a trance, so I could like leave the my yeah. body. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I was just about to say that's like yeah. basically yeah. You're so when like I hypnotizing s- yourself. Yeah,
0: I would try to hypnotize myself, um, and uh, you know, I was just like trying to survive every day. I didn't get like getting a good grade was so past my, what I gave a shit about. Like I was actually being like living in a torture world. So my priorities were very different, but like I had friends in special ed. I was always friends with kids in special ed and would talk with them and stuff. And I would see them like rocking back and forth or flipping out. And I was like, yeah, like I'm fucking with you, dude. Like I want to do that too. But when I would be in class and, and it would start to get to that point where it was like, I want to bash my head on the desk. I would just start uncontrollably crying and I would run out of the classroom. And a lot of times I would run to like my friend's classroom and I would pull them out of class crying. Like, I don't know why I like had this authority. Like I just didn't give a fuck. I was like, I'm just going to do like, I felt like I was in jail or something. And I was like, I don't care about the rules. Like I'm just trying to survive this day, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, um, from what you're explaining, it sounds like you're, like, fight-or-flight kitchen, basically. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's the part of my brain where this shit is fucking located, or whatever.
2: Right. Which, um, and that's the reason that I asked that question, because, like, I think what what I, the way that I always try and explain it to people, and I think that, um, you were, you just your example of, like, what you live through is a, a really, a really good example of it. Um, but, like, what, what I always try to do, like, you know, I work with a lot of students that have really significant behavioral issues, like we were talking about with self-injurious behavior, or just yeah. really loud screaming, or, like, wanting yeah. to run out of the room, or, you know, whatever, et cetera. Um, And, like, what I always tell other adults, and I tell this to the student, too, like, what you, what you're feeling, like, that, that fight or flight feeling, like, that feeling that, you know, whatever is making you, I mean, I guess, going back a second, people will look, like you said, at students who are, you know, let's say screaming and be like, what, you know, what is wrong with that kid? Like, what, like, what? why are they screaming, you know, what, what, what's, what's their deal that they scream like that. Um, and it's, you know, I, I always explain it to people, like, don't think about you, you know, like, whatever, yeah. whatever processing delay they have, you don't have. So like, they, they very may well be experiencing something that you don't experience. Um, yeah. like you said, like, they may like you you felt like they may actually be in severe pain um and there may be no uh like you know empirical antecedent right in front of you that makes sense but that doesn't mean that that pain that they're feeling like they're not on the ground kicking and screaming and pulling their hair out for no reason yeah they're not
0: doing that because they feel good and like i mean i see it too sometimes with like when kids get violent it's, it's kids that are really sensitive that get violent. It's kids that are yeah. like pushed to the, they're already on the edge and they get pushed over and they can't take anymore and they lash out. And I totally. recognize that because I am very violent too. And I'm, I scream, I still scream as an adult. Like it's very easy to get me to yeah. fucking scream. Like I'll lose it on anybody. You know, it's a challenge every day. Um, especially with the sniffling thing. Cause it's a day to day. I still live with that. You know, the people I live with sniffle and it's yeah. really fucked up. Like I, I uncontrollably scream like, and, um, I'm trying this new method. If it works, I'll definitely let you know. Um, it takes nine months and I have to finish reading this book first, which is very challenging right now. Cause all I want to do is like, yeah. research wow. this shit that's happening. But, um, I don't know. What else can you say about Bill Gates at this point? You know, I think I'm reaching a road where it's like, all right, it's a, it's all been said. You're on your fucking own. Like, I'm going to focus on me now, you know, or whatever. But yeah. if it works, I'll definitely let you know because I've tried everything. You know, I've tried diet. I've tried yeah. supplements and, you know, honestly, the thing that's helped me the most is DMT. But not, you know, it's not like my sound issue goes away. But it's like that's the only thing that's ever helped me, like, feel physically better. And like it lasts, yeah. you know, like it's gotten me out of a three month depression, you know, instantly. And it la- and then I'm fine for like months, you know?
1: Totally. But
0: um, yeah, that's kind of a yeah, sidetrack tra- think... <laughs> side over to DMT no, no, zone. But... but seriously, like that, if <laughs> like I would prescribe DMT to a child over fucking Adderall any day, you know?
2: Which, yeah, I like mean, you can it, small it's... dose
0: it. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't, I don't leave my body, you know?
2: Or even like, uh, but that's how absurd know, Adderall is to me.
0: I'd rather give a kid DMT. You know no, what I mean? Like that's how
2: I agree with you. Hardcore of a drug uh, that is. And I never really thought about this until right now. I mean, I guess I have, but I know not in this way that like, um, you know, hallucinogens do a certain. I mean, they do a lot of things, but they they do a certain thing that. Uh, sort of opens up our ability to be empathetic you know like we yeah when when you when you take hallucinogens like uh, you know people feel you 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 have a much deeper uh, ability to empathize with people
0: Um, yeah I think so and
2: yeah I mean you um, see how we're all
0: connected so it's like you you're empathizing with yourself really. Cause you realize that we're all the same thing. We're all the and it's same. Kind of yeah. like nonsense to even get pit- like you get pissed at someone. You're, you're the only one that really feel, you know, you have to live with yourself now. So.
2: Right. Exactly. Um, But that's yeah, that's a really that's really interesting. But um, Um, yeah,
0: but imagine if kids were given like a really low dose of some really clean, good acid instead, (laughs) like a micro dose, you know, of something else that's not addictive.
2: Even like um, I think too, like the the adults, like (laughs) you know, the the adults that work with them could benefit from you know i i like that that empathy like learning how to right um you know be outside or or just like momentarily take a step outside of like who am i and what what do i know and what is my experience in the world and and be able to realize that like there are uh like infinite experiences and that that yours yours is not yeah exactly Your, you know yours is not yours is just one in a collective of uh you know many millions and millions and millions
0: yeah yeah totally it's kind of but like, um really crazy that more people don't do mdma like if i was a doctor or like a relationship coach or a therapist or something you know and somebody had like really bad depression like like the drugs people get prescribed, I can't even fucking believe it. I'm just like that shit doesn't even work. And MDMA exists, so like, what the hell? Like, every, yeah, and like, I, like, if you're gonna be going, you know, going down that road, it's like try MDMA first, you know.
2: Just totally.
0: You know, give it a um,
2: shot. And like, I I don't know, I I if we've talked about this before, I apologize. Um, but this is just like fascinating to me. This is something I learned like about a year ago. Um, is that like in the United States, like I think federally, as far as I know, um, ketamine treatment is like a totally yeah. accepted. and practiced thing, like there are ketamine, they're called ketamine wellness centers. Um, and I they, I have some friends that have like, tried it. Yeah. like, yeah, In that totally. Kind of and, and when I when I found out about it, like I was kinda like this like yeah, right. You, you know, like I was yeah. like, I don't know. Um like that can't be a real thing and, and if it is like I'm sure I'm gonna have to drive to like a special doctor and like, you know, it'll be gnarly. Um but uh I just did a little bit of research and like I think where I'm living right now, like there are like three or four uh, ketamine wellness centers within like driving distance, which is um, like it, it was shocking to me when I found that out.
0: Yeah. Wow. Because
2: that's another. Well, and I mean, ketamine, it's just another.
0: I, I definitely think of it more as like I think it's better to use it in a therapeutic kind of way or a a healing way rather than a party drug. Because
2: yeah, definitely, not and in it a can be used. Um, yeah and and I think because of its like uh disassociative nature like it 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 can be um i mean I don't know you know and it, it's this could be debated forever but like in with that specific substance, i think like you could you could maybe benefit a little bit more from like somebody guiding you through it and and kind of uh explaining like what what is happening and and I don't know, helping you process whatever it is that you're trying to, whatever whatever your goal is.
3: Yeah,
0: I think that's great. I was really stoked when that kind of first started. I think I heard about it like four or five years ago, actually. One of my friends was doing it in L.A. Um, yeah. I was like, wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's like a good fucking awesome because, LA. you know the other alternative that they push on people is so fucking horrible and it doesn't work, you know? It's like the only time it works is a placebo effect because in all the trials it does they don't actually work, you know? The control yeah, group and the drug exactly. group it's the same results and it's really depressing, <laughs> like so depressing. Yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like every adult needs to like seasonally Or not what? No, I see. That's the thing. It's like, you can't even do that. There's no one size fits all there. It's, but it's like, there's so many other real options that we're not exploring because of pharma. And then the research is all a bunch of bullshit. You know, you can't even do like the the amount of research that needs to be done on all of these things. um, It either has, and they're keeping it on lockdown or it hasn't yeah. and it really needs to be done you know but then the people that want to study it can't get the funding because it's not you know
1: right and and or something
0: and but i think it's even really, less about um, a money maker and more about like they don't want cures because they don't want us to be healthy period
2: totally no no i i agree with you and i i think that's a really good point because we've been kind of talking around it but um our our first reaction is to go the pharmaceutical route. And um, at the same time, we also know that the pharmaceutical route is the least effective. Uh, You know, it's like a break break glass in case of emergency type thing. Yeah. Um, Well, there's this fear of authority
0: still. So it's like you want to listen to the authority and do what the legal thing is, you know, because it's... Right. Safer, I guess, in the and sense the
2: legal that you will go to jail. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the legal thing is, better, right? uh, you know, pharmaceuticals.
0: Well, do you see any kind of, like, revolutionary, like, improvements in, as far as, like, that side of caring for, um, you know special education children, like?
2: I think, I don't know, to, you know, and, Is... and to be honest, and, and I think, like, you know, we all, we would all like to think optimistically about this, but um, since, since I've started working uh, mostly with students on the autism spectrum, um, it's just grown, it just continues to grow at such a rapid rate that, um,
0: is down syndrome growing at the same rate or is it just autism?
2: not that I'm aware of um yeah. I think as far as I know down syndrome has uh, it kind of fluctuates like it goes back and forth but for the most part it kind of stays with the same pattern um, yeah. and autism is and just it's, spiking
0: it's a, basically
2: yeah totally and and the difference too between that with which which is interesting it's I don't know something to think about. Yeah. is that Down syndrome is a chromosomal abnormality, so like um there are there are environmental things um some of them like we you know we already talked about that that we are either aware or unaware that are in our bodies and then they you know are transmitted to children um and then there's other things like um I mean and some of those things are debated at this point, but like smoking while you know the child that fetuses in utero and you know things like that um Mm -hmm. but those things can like influence they can they can you can explain a chromosomal abnormality with the empirical uh you know data and things that have happened um but autism spectrum is not that way there's nothing nothing at this point that we can say uh has has ever caused it in anybody definitively um as as far as like mainstream research goes which is um or research that we've been dealing with this for a long time
0: (laughs) yeah because there was the the research at the cdc the william thompson uh whistleblower guy you know called out and said that they destroyed all the evidence that when the MMR is given too early, um, the rate it increases autism in African-American boys especially was, like, extremely high, alarmingly high, whereas if they waited just a year, it was lower. But, yeah, that got destroyed, and he blew the whistle. He still works at CDC. There's been no trial, and, and then Snopes just says it's fake news, so nobody takes it seriously. But... No, it's crazy, and it's crazy that like you know these researchers have to fight to get funding. They have to ask the parents with injured kids for funding because yep. all the billions yeah. of of dollars that are supposed to go to that funding are going to just develop more vaccines, basically.
2: Yeah, exactly, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's hard not to think about the rationale behind those things from um, just when something has existed like this for so long i mean like you could take what's going on right now um and like i don't mean to to uh you know downplay anybody's experience with with covid19 but like it would almost be like imagining, uh, you know, COVID-19 is happening. And like, I'm not trying to compare the numbers between the two right now. Like that, that, that's not what I'm doing, but, um, it it would be like if there was a, you know, a commun let's say a communication pandemic, um, and people were kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, for decades, like, you know, yeah. you, we just can't figure it out. We can't see it in the brain. I don't, we don't know where it comes from. Right. We don't know how to get rid of it. Um, it just seems bizarre to me that, that, like you said, so much funding and so much research has supposedly gone into these things. And we're still, we, we know a little bit more how to deal, again, with the symptoms of autism spectrum. But as far as knowing where it comes from, um, we we technically uh, are still completely in the dark. Yeah, we know we know nothing.
0: Well, and there's no Uh, of the things we do suspect. There, they refuse to study it. So, how do you progress? You know, like usually when there's some suspicion, like, hey, we we've We've started to notice that, uh, or thousands of parents have, you know, come out and said, like, uh, my child developed, my baby, or my, you know, young child developed autism symptoms, like, overnight, practically, after getting vaccinated, that should be enough to be like, oh, we need to do more research on this, this is really serious, you know, like, stop the presses, but that's just, like, totally not being happening, instead they're being, like, Shamed, called crazy anti vaxxer, you know, and some of these people have lost their children too. So it's like, it's really a fucking right. psychotic response. And like, it doesn't really make any sense. It's like, what's the harm in doing more research? Right. And like, studies that in are the, in real the, science, not like, you know, the placebo is the aluminum adjuvant science where you're like, yes. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Hiding the injury. Right. Awesome. Yeah. That's the thing we're saying causes it. So cool. You're going to put it in both groups.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, 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 I don't know. It's really.
0: But diagnosing it is really hard. tricky, too. Like, we, there is, it's not the same as Down syndrome or, you know, other physical issues where you can really like pinpoint it or there's a test or something, you know, and I think still most parents don't even know that their kids are on the spectrum. I I think a lot lot of of adults don't know they're on the spectrum either, honestly. No. yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's another interesting thing is adults, um, either like self-diagnosing or getting diagnosed way later on in life. Um, Which then, like, kind of affects the whole timeline, because we, we're still running on the assumption that this is something new. Um, and it may be, or or it may just, I mean, who knows? Like, it may have mutated over time, or I don't know. You know, we know so little about it.
0: Well, the first two um, cases were from the, um, was it the diphtheria? What the hell is that thing called? Yes. In yeah. Diphtheria vaccine in um Austria and America. That was the first two cases of autism was w- right after they um started giving out that vaccine. And both cases right. were vaccinated with
1: right. that vaccine. Um, so,
0: and- I mean, I'm always like, I really think the vaccines have a big part of it. You know, it didn't it really exist before. Right. But there's also... Um, like, um, environmental causes, but it still goes back to heavy metals and toxins.
2: No, and, totally. Know. I and I, I I agree with you. Um, and I think what's interesting about that too is like what you were saying about how. Um, I mean, it's it's very easy to find parents. Um, I mean, I think like even uh, I could be wrong about this, but um, I think like Jenny McCarthy is one of those people who is yeah. who, who claims like, you know, I had a child who was who was developing, um, you know, hitting uh the the expected um developmental milestones and then, you know, all of a sudden things changed. And for a long time, um I mean this is a while ago at this point. I can't remember exactly how long ago. Yeah but for a while a like they ago. were yeah, and and they were saying like I think around that time or like very shortly after people were starting to say that there started to be all this research about how that was not true. That that that, 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 that yes, of course autism spectrum is exponentiating, but at the same time um no, no it's not true that a child can be typically developing and then switch to um autism spectrum diagnosis, but like just like you said i mean i know people um i mean it's it's yeah. it, it is real and it, that's and, what and differs. I feel like <laughs> that's, uh, that's
0: how this is different from covid i don't fucking know anybody yeah i know a lot of people that developed autism overnight exactly
2: totally um yeah. and it makes you think like we, um we don't, not we don't to go real like wait
0: epidemics
2: I mean, and it makes you think too, like you know if this thing is exponentiating, and like this is a really simple idea i I think, and um but it's it's really concerning is that like if this if this thing autism spectrum diagnosis is is exponentiating, all of these students that we're getting like you said the class sizes are getting bigger, the numbers are getting uh they're exponentiating literally um so these are all going to be adults in a very short period of time. I mean, relatively yeah. a very, very short period of time, um, basically a generation. And we have no idea how to stop it, slow it, uh, or, or um, I mean, I think we do have ideas, but uh, they're not, not people People are not talking about They're them. They're not mainstream. Um,
0: there's a few. Um, there's this one heavy metal cleanse in particular called TRS, um, Safe Heavy Metal Detox. That's this spray, and it's lab-made zeolites that people are seeing, like, incredible results, you know, like children who couldn't talk, who now can talk, and their first words are, like, Mom, I'm so happy I can talk. Um, yeah, Like, it, really right, powerful, exactly. like, testimonies, you know, which, you know, and one of the scientists, the – Chris Exley, the aluminum scientist guy, you know, he, he doesn't vouch for TRS. He doesn't, he says zeolites are still too dangerous and there isn't enough proof that the heavy metals are actually leaving the body, but the, the testimonies are so incredible. Like, I mean, children born with like totally cross eyes and after like a month of this spray that doesn't taste like anything, their eyes are, you know, aligned right, which is such a huge That's a really big deal, you know, and like not being able to talk, that's a really big deal. So, and like eczema cleared up, all different kinds of things. So like that, I, I have hope for like, that's kind of, I feel like one of the biggest hopes right now, but it's still so like, it's expensive. Well, not expensive compared to going to a doctor or anything, but like, or surgery, various surgeries and shit, but like. In that regard, actually, it's very affordable, and but, there, you know, it's just not mainstream at all. Right. Um, And it's not like, yeah, very, it's like this under, it, only the anti-vaxxers know about it basically at this point, and everybody else is, you know, probably still in denial that there is even something, right. I don't want to say wrong with their kids, but it's like, it's it doesn't serve your kid to act like they're fine or this is a part of their personality. I think a lot of times parents get autism confused with their child's personality and they're like, Oh, my kid is so cool. I love my autistic kid. And it's like, yes, love your autistic kid. But like keep in mind that they're probably in a lot of pain and their quirky personality is their personality. And that's not going to go away if you help them heal, you know?
2: Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it kind I kind of went I think, off on a. I don't think,
0: remember what we were talking about, but.
2: But uh, I think that's important, though. Um, and I think, especially, like, for me, why I don't like it's just a personal thing, but, like, um, when people use autism, like, as an adjective or, like, autistic, like, it's. Yeah. Um, like, what you were just saying, like, like you're, what you're them. really referring to is people in pain um yeah and uh uh, and I agree with you too like it's it's and it's hard because like you know I think a lot of parents when they when they get to that point of like you know I love my quirky kids like they they're that's their their version of processing with with sort of like the loss of the kid that they thought that they would have um but at the same time like we've been talking about there may be ways to to support that kid um and and those kids are still like uh not to be like all rainbows and whatever but um like they're they're amazing like they're they're yeah. really smart um they're really talented um they have like really because they develop in the way that they do they develop these really interesting a lot of the time, like, you know, you hear, like, about savants, like, uh, yeah. students who are on the autism spectrum that are savants, and, and that, that does happen, uh, and I think that that's mostly because, uh, for whatever reason, a lot of the time they have a very, like, myopic, uh, like, super, it's almost like they're looking at something that we would look at with our eyes with a microscope, yeah, um, and a they just figure it. it out. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and they, well, and they also have um, to make their own path to get to the same place. You know, they yes, can't just take ex- the exactly normal the,
2: route. The paths that they see, yeah, adults use don't work for them, or um, other and that can be children. like stressing Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard. Um, it's hard to be optimistic when it's just been so long. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any type of agreement on, um, on what's going on. Like, even on, like, on a general level, you know, like, there's no, no agreement on anything, and, um. Yeah, it's
0: still, like, an adult war right now, and it's, like. You know, some yes. people are like, yeah. look, we just want better science. And then some people are just like, it's settled. And <laughs> It's like right. such a crazy psycho thing to say, really, where it's just like, really, you, you don't want to just like double check just to make sure this isn't like causing yeah. a fucking massive epidemic, you know, kind of crazy. Exactly. Me. Um, so we should probably wrap this up soon. But, you know, what would you what would be like a dream scenario? Like, what would you love to see? happen when this is all quote unquote like over and shit goes back to normal like what would you like (laughs) the new the new normal god i'm not going to say that the you know what improved what what are like some of the the things you think we could tackle first or improve upon i
2: think um you know the first thing that i i mean really and i i think that there's so many um so many pieces of of education let's let's just say you know united states federal yeah. um, federal wide education um it it really i think needs to be for the most part like completely redone um i think <laughs> we're 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 you know we're we're yeah, working off a model. <laughs> the yeah i mean like and and you remember you know like you remember being there and yeah. thinking like what is this yeah, like,
3: it's like you obviously know like wrong. what
2: like yeah right and and it to me like it always felt like a game like i was like what is this game like you know like i don't yeah. i don't understand it i don't want to play it like i don't If this is what like being an adult is like i have no interest in that yeah, um,
0: exactly it was really
2: alienating
0: Yeah. And then what it actually Um, encourages is like the people who it doesn't work for, who don't get A's and B's or whatever. It encourages us to be liars and cheaters, you know, like I was so good at ditching by the end. Like it was just it was like a that was my game. It was like, how do I get out of this situation like all Mm -hmm. the time, constantly? Like, how do I get out of doing this paper? How do I like? Can I double space this share? Triple? You'd space in a half it or whatever. Like I would always do every right. trick that you could come up with to like get out of doing whatever it is they were trying to get so, us to do.
2: And and that's that's a like a great example of going back to your question of <clears throat> kind of like where can we start? Like what 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 are the little what are the little steps that we can take to to move towards. Like we talked about re, redoing the whole thing, um, and like what you just explained, so many students—I, I, I would say like the majority of students, yeah. like anybody listening to this, like think about, remember, like try. <laughs> I know for some people it's harder than others, but like I think uh, most of remember, us can't like, forget.
0: Though honestly, it's like traumatizing. No,
2: no, I, I could never forget uh, yeah, what school I've tried. was. I, I could never forget the way it made me feel.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'll never um, forget that there's still kids in there, and we gotta save them.
2: Exactly. So I think like, you know, go like going back to that, like what what are the things that we can do? What well, you were explaining, like all those things that you figure out, like uh, about how to face because I I was the same. I was never. I it, it seemed to me like that was the part of the game I couldn't figure out, like how to get A's or B's. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Every uh, once in a that, while,
0: I could do it, but
2: exactly, and it it's and it felt more like luck, right? Like that was a fluke, like, yeah. It oh, was because like this thing.
0: oh, we we read Catcher in the Rye senior year, and I was like, oh yeah, I can read this. It's in my fucking language, not some like crazy ass old English shit, like really, right. To- and, talking and about some reality and, and I have no like, idea about. Where it's basically an extension of history class. I'm like, when is writing gonna be about now? <laughs> like.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the always the um the thing I had a really hard time with, and that I still despise, and I I can't handle authors that are obviously been trained, you know, to write too much. Like I I really don't right. like. That's why I like zines. That's why I like one liners and Twitter because it's like to me actually yeah. smarter. It's rendered down. Like most books, I have a really hard time reading because I'm just like this shit could be like fourth the size. Like you know, some books you're like yeah. this writer's amazing, and I could read like you know. 12 inches of their fucking books or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I could read a fucking fat-ass Oscar Wilde book. But, like, you know, then you read, like, a research book or something, and you're just like, oh, no. Or, like, you know who I fucking can't read is um, Graham Hancock, the guy that, like, writes about the pyramids and shit. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm like, bro, I did not want to hear about your fucking whole trip to, you know, Egypt and every detail (laughs) along the way. Like, just tell us the fucking shit about the ancient civilizations, bro. Like put this in a pamphlet yeah. you know like i was a big fan of cliff notes you know that i could fuck with because it was oh, like, totally yes tell me like i don't want all this so we don't have time for this you know
2: it, exactly and like um like all those coping mechanisms and like cliff notes is a great example of that too like um you know like I needed those uh, because, like, I, you know, and I was a good reader. I just, like, I couldn't figure out how to play the game of public education. Uh, Yeah,
0: well, then you have to write a paper on it and answer, you know, it's, like, what you take from the book is often not what they are asking you about and it's not what you remember. Like, I don't really remember people's names, even when I'm watching TV shows. That's not what I take from it, you know? That's not what I, like, remember is, like, oh, Sir Chapman I mean it's kind of like like, it's absurd it's
2: like somebody asking you to look at a painting and then like I mean and you know there are ways to do this like I mean you know you can uh, some people would argue that you can objectively you know do this but like it'd be like looking at a painting and then somebody asking you like what is the most important part of that painting (laughs) or like what does what was the meaning of that painting yeah
0: what was the meaning of that painting and then there's like a wrong answer and a right answer like
2: right yeah, exactly not and, hard. and it's, I thought nothing's that black and white
0: yeah
2: um but I think like all those things all those coping mechanisms like because that's all problem solving everything that you explained like everything that we went through like doodling in class yeah. you know like right like just the basic things like finding the classes that we could hide out in and you know feel yes. not <laughs> horrible about ourselves like that's all problem solving, and that's all energy spent by students. So, I think, like you know, going back to things like having have that energy spent in a productive way. Um, you know, figure out like what does this kid, how how can this kid learn, um, and if and, and if they they can't learn in the traditional way, or they have some type of skill. And like I'm not, I I by no means am I like (laughs) trying to sound like socialist here. Uh, but like help them with that skill, you know. Uh, Dude, that's
0: not socialist. I think a lot of the time that's just respect. That goes back to respect, you know. Like we're all here on our own path, and like I think adults' jobs is to, as far as like in regard to a relationship with children, you know, whether you're a teacher or a nanny or a parent, like it's to guide that little person that's their own human being and help them, assist them in learning what they want to learn and what they came here to do on this planet.
2: Right. In their and, way that only they
0: can do it, you know?
2: Exactly. And, like, as adults, it's interesting, like, we call that self-care, you know, basically. Right, yeah. Um, but, oh, like, for God. kids, we don't... We don't even expect them to be able to care for themselves, which a lot of the time they can. But um, at the same time, like, not only do can they not, they're, they're still developing the the, the idea of self care or the idea of self, it, it, yeah. you know, in general. Yeah, self
3: care—that's um, really
1: major.
0: I never thought of like that would be a great thing to teach children how to do, you know, like scrubber exactly. toenails and like, you know, hygiene. Nobody really taught me hygiene. I was always like hated taking showers totally. and shit. And like if, if it, if it had been made into like a fun thing, or I don't know if it was like taught as like self-care, like we actually at my house started doing um, once a week, uh, salt foot soaks, like everybody like oh
3: nice. Yeah.
0: Self-care day at the house and like um Yeah. It's weird as an adult I'm just like holy shit like what 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 was stopping me from doing this before, you know? And it's like so beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's and it's so um I don't know, it's just such a silly thing to not do, honestly.
2: Yeah, totally. And kids don't have you know, they don't have that ability. Like they're not they're just we well, are not born like, knowing about salt bats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They're like they're they're barely wrapping their minds around the fact that like, oh, like I'm not it's okay that I'm not exactly like the boy or girl sitting next to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. So
2: they're so far from self-care. Um, but but then we expect right. them to perform in a way that really would only be possible if if they could engage in self-care um and like some of the things are so easy like it, I, I, at least to me and these are things i do in my classroom and and they are effective uh, again this is my experience like yeah, i good, you know they? i've never submitted this for research but yeah. just simple easy things like deep breathing like Ooh. measured breathing um and the kids like love doing it because it feels good um there's other things like doing wall push-ups like a lot of kids like I I would say you know gen ed kids like bed kids need to move like yes. that's that's part of being a child like totally. you need you're not supposed to be sitting down for you know three <laughs> hours straight as a child
0: yeah no um
2: so, like easy things, like giving them the ability, like teaching them, like, hey, if you if you feel like you're having a hard time sitting in your seat, you can stand up and you know either walk to the bathroom and come back, or you can get up and do push-ups against the wall, uh, or you that's know, just awesome. provide them with with ways to do things. I love um, that. I love that. To regulate.
0: I love that that's happening in the classroom and not during recess because, like, so m- I feel like it's all put yeah. on recess. Like, okay, recess is when you eat. It's when you run around and get it all out. But then it's like, for one thing, it's not enough time. And that's when your teacher leaves
1: you alone. Yeah, that's
0: when your teacher leaves you alone too. But it's like if they put, uh, if it wasn't like, you know, now we're going to PE class. Like I love the idea of just like simple little exercises you can do in the classroom. (laughs) Like that would have been revolutionary for me. And that would have helped me like clear my mind and be prepared for like sitting down and focusing on like multiplication or something that's yeah challenging that you exactly. need to be like physically um kind of like settled for
1: right totally oh, that's
2: um, so
0: cool that you do that I love that wall push and like
2: there's all types of like anybody could do and and like it's not I don't necessarily feel like you know, frustration. I I get it, but like these are easy things that any teacher could do at any time. They're they're not time consuming. Um like another one that I do, like it's it's deep breathing and then like it's it's literally and like, you know, it's like I was saying my students are very young. So it's like a little song and basically the song just gives them instructions on like when to breathe. And then it like sings this song that's like it's okay to make a mistake. Like making mistakes is fine. Like it's like you'll have another chance. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah,
0: taking the the guilt away from it and the pressure. No, that's not cheesy. That's exactly what young children need is to like be reminded that, you know, they're not in trouble. It's okay. Right. That's how you learn. Mistakes
2: are never no one um, should ever feel bad. About, like, and going back to what we were saying earlier about, like, the errorless learning and, like, um, not having students feel bad about not being able to learn concepts. Like, you don't ever want a young child to feel bad about not being able to learn something. Like, you, um, I would hope as teachers that we all agree that that there's always a way. Like, it, you know, it takes creativity and, um, you know, repeated. A, a lot of repetition but um there there's there's always a way to to get those needs met um in some way.
0: Yeah. I agree and I think um I think this song about breathing is so cool. That's like just songs yeah. in general cuz like even when I'm nannying like and when I would watch my little brother and sister too when they when we'd be drawing or they'd be doing homework or something we'd be making songs up about everything. Like, and this is how you learn. Yeah, it's how you learn. It's how it, I don't know why. I think it's just a natural thing that humans do. You just sing. And, like, we were, when you're comfortable with people, is when you sing, you know? And, like, often in classrooms, it's just like such a scary environment that, like, you don't feel comfortable because you just, you're just trying not to get made fun of by anybody, you know? Because there's so many kids. Right. But it's like, when it's just, I mean,
2: it's like, yeah. And, if you're like you know if 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 anybody's like listening to this and wonder like if you if if you need an example to like think about this uh like think about concepts that you learned in school when you were younger and like try to remember let's say like all your multiplication tables like from two to you know ten um and like think about think about if you could like list those off right now. Um, just off the top of your head I mean I know a lot of us know you know what seven times eight is but um, think about like listing them like you are expected to as a student and then now think about how many songs from tv shows that you watched as a kid that you know every single word to still like right now
0: oh my god
2: Oh, wow. Right?
0: No, dude, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, right. I
2: Like, that stuff is locked in. It's locked um, in, dude. like, <laughs> so much of school is, like, I don't know. I, I kind of remember learning about the Constitution, I guess. Oh, my God. I don't
0: know. No, speaking of the Constitution, I actually just got a copy in one of those, like, free neighborhood libraries. Um, yeah. And it is so boring. I tried reading it, and I was like, oh, my God. I just don't care. I just don't care. We're in outer space. I don't give a shit, you know? I'm <laughs> like it's like I try like I'm with the I like that the constitution people are protesting and shit, you know, and they want their guns and they don't like the government, but then at the same time I'm like but the founding fathers, I don't know. I'm just kind of like I don't really fucking care. I'm kind of more interested in like us now and like what are we going to do, you know? But um Right. But yeah, I mean, if they made a song about the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or something, you know, or they, maybe there was on that one show. Do you remember that show? The like Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse yeah. Rock. Yeah. The
2: three. which is like, um, you know, for a long time they were like, "That's just garbage." Like they were like, "That really that's basically like cheating." Um, and it's like, no, like wow. that that no, works. That's actually the um, yeah that
0: works. Wow, how amazing yeah. is that? That like it, stuff that works is considered cheating, and then the hard way that doesn't work, that singles, that that like, you know, just only includes like, you know, a 10% of the class that can learn that way.
2: Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then like, yeah, go uh, again, like um, the other 90% of those kids are spending energy figuring out how to do something, you know, like they're yeah, they're either doodling or they're figuring out like how do I get out of here and get to a place where I feel comfortable or safe. Um, they're they're trying to or or even just like how do I sit in this? I mean, like you know, rem- like think back, like you know, like think that feeling of like how do I even get through the next two hours? You know, like
3: yeah, what
2: a what what can I do? Like like what do I have in my desk? you know that will exactly that will like keep me occupied you know for that amount of time
0: paper and pens and shit well i guess kids have like ipads now so they could just play video games in class well we had those calculators that had like oh totally that was such a fucking next level thing in like 11th grade or 10th grade when we had to take like geometry and we got those like you had to buy it like that like plus, yeah. $60 calculator and then your friend would put Tetris on it and you were, it was like, that was like the equivalent of giving an iPhone now as a kid, probably. Like when you got one of those oh, calculators. Oh, totally. I actually yeah. found mine the other day.
2: Oh Remember? man, I wish I still had mine. <laughs> mine
0: has like stickers all over it and it needs a new battery. But like, man, that thing was like my, that was a good escaper right there. You could really
2: yeah dive into exactly that. and um, tetris that's all like creative energy which could be used yeah, for something actually learning than, something
0: than playing tetris yeah yeah
2: or just like and and just that it suggests that you know like so many kids are just that uncomfortable by the model that we're using right now that instead of learning they're just trying to survive um and with that model i mean like we, you know we we know what's gonna happen um we you know we get what we have right now which is um people you know and i don't mean this critically towards any certain group or whatever but like we have you know uneducated untrained people um a lot of i mean right now more than ever um so i think
0: we have like a lot I mean, of untrained even, people yeah. and then we have a lot of people in debt that we're trained to do something that there isn't a job for
2: so, yeah so there's no that it does yeah trained to do something that doesn't exist
0: yeah and then yeah no all right we're approaching two hours we're gonna if we keep working okay we, can, cool. we're, we record another one and it's also three hours <laughs> <But> we, <laughs> look we're getting better it's two hours is acceptable that I mean, well, three hours is acceptable. I but I can't edit it. That's too much for my. Yeah. ADD no. I or
1: whatever. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, all right. Well, thank you for being on True Happiness. Do you have any like last thing you want to say?
2: Um, thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate. It. I think. Um, I hope that you know people. I think that a lot of the time educators kind of influence not to speak honestly about what our experiences are um and just like anything else like an honest dialogue will be the beginning of anything you know um so i i just i think that people really should speak honestly about it and and share their experiences and
3: uh and then also
2: like (laughs) you know the other thing you and i talked about it like remember like try to remember, like, if you forget what elementary school was like, if you forget what middle school, high school was like, like, try to remember, like think, think back, um, and think about how effective your, your experience was with it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that, that's, that's a really, really important kind of viewpoint to look at and, and really to understand education and, you know, we all have years and years of experience with it. So like before thinking about education and before thinking about what's right and what's wrong, go back and, and re get in touch with how you felt when you were a student. Um, cause that's, that's important. That's, uh, you know, time has gone by, but I think the whole point is with the model that we're working on, um, so many things have changed in the world let's say like in the last 30 years education really has hasn't changed in a very long time yeah, um, that's the craziest and, uh, thing honestly yeah just i guess you know the whole thing of of going back and thinking just people ask yourself the question uh is is was my experience with education effective public education in the united states uh or wherever um and, uh, and if not, you know, why and, and what, you know, what, what could be different? Um, and, uh, yeah, just continue. I just hope people continue to think about it and, and take it seriously because, um, it, it really is, uh, I can't think of too many things that are more important than the development of the future adults of the planet without being too yep. over
1: the top.
0: I agree, man. What could be more important than that?
1: Yeah. I mean
0: the current adults, I guess, but it's too late for yeah. us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Right. But exactly. I mean, you know, uh, we're on our own at this point. So let's try not to like totally you know, fuck these other kids up.
2: And that that, you know, even though yeah, I, and I agree with you, you know, like we it's it's we've passed the point where we could do anything for ourselves, you know, for many reasons. But um, that those experiences and those memories and uh, you know the reality of how antiquated the system is that we're using um, is something I think that that a lot of people uh, have personal experience with, and um, I think if people remember that more it would be easier to make the changes that that could really um you know help help education be what we want it to be to prepare students and children and young people to um to be future future adults the future adults that that we'd want in this world you know
0: yeah right on yeah all right um Cool, well, thank you for being on again and um yeah, have a good rest of your day.
2: Thank you, thanks, Jesse. I appreciate it,
0: yeah.